blockchain panelists at SMC3 talk current use cases, regulation, and crypto. JD.com opens up an automated warehouse that employs just four people, but fulfills 200,000 packages daily. Amazon unveils plans to ramp up delivery services for their own packages. Volvo Trucks and FedEx demonstrate platooning technology in North Carolina, and NFI and Penske are trialing Freightliner electric trucks. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we talk about all these issues and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. Well, hey there. What's up, dude? Uh, well, um, are you going to tell me what you're drinking there? Um, I'll have you know that <sighs> Bell's Two-Hearted Ale just won um, American Homebrewer Association's, uh, you know, like best beer in America yeah. contest based solely on okay. reader-submitted favorite <laughs> beers. Um, not, so you're saying it wasn't just some like arbitrary thing like, well, I'm also this that, is the greatest guitarist in the world. Like, right. It's not like that. No. It's, it's like, not, somebody just didn't decide it. No, it's basically just like... It's fan the, the favorite, the favorite beer of homebrewers. No, <laughs> it's of homebrewers. Yeah, yeah, it's the American Homebrewer Association's okay. magazine that did the contest. Here's the thing, I love it too. I love it too. Bell's Too Hearted. Shout out to Bell's Too Hearted. You know, one of the things about them is how do they blend that like almost like semi? It's a semi-sweet, dry body, the malt yeah, body. Yeah. But like, how did they get so much traction with the Centennial hops? I don't know. I mean, they say that they're they, only brewed with Centennial hops. That's really you, you haven't been able a to get one that note wonder. You haven't been able you know? to get that flavor profile out of Centennial hops. <laughs> No, what I'm wondering is like, why aren't other hops maybe more popular in this case? Like, how come the best beer is made out of with just one? I mean, maybe it's a lesson for beer. Yeah. For beer. It's interesting to think about. It is a great beer. Number one in the world. It's floral. It's, you don't, they don't like hit you over the head with like IBUs. It's very drinkable. Um, uh, Let's see. I am drinking a Narragansett. Uh, which is a great value. I want to say, like, if you're just looking for a value buy, uh, it was it was five sixty nine for a for a six pack of um, of of Tall Boys, and, and and they're red, white, and blue, and it tastes just pretty much to me about like Miller, only its own thing. It's its own thing. Yeah, not to, yeah. It's, like, but it's similar. It's more similar to that than like Bud on the the but continuum. But it's but it's a it's a Pilsner. Uh, it is, it, and it's very good. And uh, um, I, you know, I, I just have to say that in the American spirit, in the New York spirit, in the Pawtucket River spirit of things, uh, and, and it says "Hi, neighbor" on Aww. it. And for all of that, wow. I like it's friendly, very American, and, and it's 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 delicious. Glad to be here with you today. On a, on a, uh, and, and on a week with a lot of headlines, JP. Hi, neighbor. And hey, and you just came from the exciting SMC3 conference where you covered a lot of things. But tell us about one of the really fun things that you, you uh, experienced while there and covered. Yeah, this was the um, Connections 2018 conference at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. 
Um, it was really cool. It's, it's, it's sort of a, this old resort in um, southern West Virginia in this very sort of um, unspo- oh, unspoiled country. How nice. Um, little, little cow pastures and things like that. But it's a v- very large early 20th century you know, grand hotel. And well, wow, place. I lived in Morgantown, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was four and five, back in like '77. Yeah, I, but I, it was okay. beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, so you were there, and, and not there in Morgantown. No, I was in, at the Greenbrier um, on Monday. Okay. And uh, so Craig Fuller, um, Freightwave CEO and Bitta Managing Director. Um, was moderating this panel on blockchain, sort of about like wow. practical industry use cases for blockchain in transportation and logistics. And he had kind of a, um, you know, a sort of roster of heavy hitters um, who were participating in the discussion. It sounded like a, a, an exciting discussion. I think um, Stephen Rogers, who basically runs blockchain at IBM Supply Chain, was on the panel. Yep. Um, Brian Glick. The CEO of Chain.io. That's right. Um, and Austin Mills, who's actually a crypto lawyer. He he's the chair mm-hmm. of the blockchain and cryptocurrency practice group at um, Morris Manning and Martin. Um, so it was really okay. cool. There's a bunch of like different, pers- you know, it was like an incumbent, a blockchain startup, right. and like a, a regulatory, like a legal dude. Interesting. And the balance together. of that lent itself to the discussion yeah there are some really kind of interesting um differences of opinion but also you know it even seemed like the, the panels are almost learning from each other yeah like, it sounded like a, a sincere discussion yeah that's what i got from from reading your article um and craig so craig opened the conversation with this really kind of interesting metaphor about blockchain and kind of explaining blockchain and what it is and um, not necessarily the details of the technology, but sort of the principles that it represents. Yeah. That's what he said. He said, blockchain is the DNA of data. It's very difficult to alter or fake. There's a long lineage that can't be changed. New blocks on the chain, almost like children, retain a link to history, to their parents' DNA. Wow. Um, many copies make information resilient to attacks on single cells. Almost like the body, if there's a mutation in one cell, the other cells shut it down. Um, And it contains built-in code that can self-execute. Wow. That is a great definition. Isn't that cool? It really is. The DNA. The DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Hadn't heard that that analogy before. Um, And what was interesting, too, about it was... I was kind of surprised by this because Stephen Rogers seemed like this, you know, big, big shot um, at IBM. This guy who was yeah. running these major projects. You know, we're talking about like Hyperledger, which is the um, IBM blockchain platform. But he was what he was interested. What I was impressed by what he said is that the te- underlying technology doesn't matter. He was like, you can tell how early days blockchain still is. Because of how much people still talk about the underlying technology, he's like, when you wake up, um, you know, and, and you got on your smartphone and you wanted to like check your email, you didn't say, "Oh, man, I need to refresh my memory on TCP/IP protocols and you know, yeah, like how email works and blah." blah. Like, no, you that just do it to... automatically. And he said yeah. that like for the truly um, successful 
consumer applications and even business to business applications and um, you know the winners in the space it's th those sorts of projects are going to hide the technology like like it'll almost be like you won't gives even, it like a back end you won't even know you're like on a, the blockchain right right you won't have to know I've, or I've, care I've, I've, I've come across that as well yeah that's an that's um, another thing I liked about um, the the article uh, and and what was what Brian Glick had to say, where at the uh, where he was asked, um, you know, well, who will be the winners and losers yeah, of, of yeah, blockchain, yeah. and he and and, and he, he had kind of a little bit of a different take than some of what I've I've heard. Uh, he said, I don't subscribe to the idea that it's going to change everything, and in ten years it's going to be upside down. But first movers, you know, but first movers are not always winners, and you don't want to be the last mover or the stick in the mud who lets down your clients. Yeah, People right. in the middle, and this is interesting, are going to be okay. People on the front end might win a very big bet. And people in the back are going to lose out. That sounded like, as you wrote, a pragmatic response. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's one reason, you know, blockchain by its inherent nature um, encourages and sort of requires collaboration. But I think this is sort of an added bonus because you're sort of disincentivized yeah. from trying to go it alone, build your own thing that's going to beat everyone else. And you can mitigate the risk of being on the bleeding edge of a technology, dumping tons of money into something that isn't necessarily going to be commercially viable. Yeah. Like, like, like you have what, to, you yeah. have to achieve scale and you have and to, yet that's, but you, ha you have to work with partners and you can all kind of move down the line together. Whoa. And on that note, uh, there are so many other great stories to cover this week. Uh, yeah. We have the uh, the JD. I just found this really into the JD.com opening this, you know, just openly, just, you know, on the outskirts of Shanghai. Uh, they're, uh, they're employing, they, they just say, we're going to employ about four people, but we will fulfill 200,000 packages a day. Um, yeah, so this is, know. so for those of you who don't know, JD.com is basically the second largest e-commerce merchant in china not as um, big as alibaba not as big as alibaba but you know comparable to amazon and but and here's an interesting fact about their dramatic growth um that's been happening uh with through warehousing they've been in this perpetual state of warehousing um you know that uh w that has increased year over year from quarter one of 2017 it had 5.8 million square meters of warehousing space oh j just jd.com yes yeah. and now wow. it's 10.9 in quarter actually one it might be even more now 10.9 million square meters and, and you know and as um vishnu uh points out uh, a staggering 85% increase year over year. That's that, crazy. Isn't it? That's, that's, and if you look at um, the numbers for Amazon in the U S it's very similar. It, it really like it was growing quite quickly, you know, but then in 2015 or over 14, yeah, 16 over 15, it really just, you know, there's an inflection point. Wow. It just goes straight up. Wow. It's amazing. 
Um, it's there. They seem to be following the model of of like a Jeff Bezos, though, in this way yeah. of just basically saying, "Hey, we're not worried right now that we're not bringing in as much money as like our comp- our big competitor Alibaba. We're scaling right now. It's all about the scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the themes of, of of thinking about technology is 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 probably you know for this week is probably achieving scale is one of the things you you, you got to do. Definitely, you know? definitely, because scale is what makes you money. Like right your first 10 customers are not going to pay for all the r&d and you know the the product development and in the engineering for yeah. your product like you have to get it's going to be the you know 20,000th user to the 50,000th user that actually like makes you a profit i think it's got to be uh, and it's and it's fascinating um, and, you know, wh- while there is this going to be this transitionary period and you know what, it probably will in the short term put some people out of jobs. Let's be realistic about it. But it will also, as they assured them, probably and as we, I think, b- believe and understand it, like, there will be new jobs replaced. Uh, you know, like it, it, the, eventually you'll have jobs to automate the progress. It's not just lost jobs. No, um, no, it's and, diff- and, different kinds of jobs. And, and a lot of these things that these robots do, they're redundant human tasks. Humans don't want to do them in the, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it will, it's, it, well, this is a good, it's, it, this is progress for like the, the scale, achieving the scale. Paradoxically, like warehousing employment in the U.S. has grown so much faster than, for example, trucking or even retail. Like it's. We were just looking at this, these new um, employment indexes in Sonar the other day, um, and it's crazy. Like yeah. so, like even though sure even have. though warehousing and inventory management, all of those little robots and pickers and you know stuff like that, are being automated at a much more rapid pace than actual transportation. Uh-huh. They're still growing the numbers of jobs like like really fast. So I'm still yeah. trying to, like, yeah. Yeah. I think I think there probably needs to be um, work done from the media to really put those two stories together and kind of reconcile those Whoa. trends. You know Deep I mean? thoughts. Yes. And that's, it's like supply chain thinking. You, you got to put together a lot of, a lot of pieces. Um, I dig that. Um it reminds me, speaking of logistics, of our next story, and also of a the biggest uh, you know American company doing the e-commerce thing, Amazon. This is to me one of the more not more interesting, but just like I'm I'm really like wow today yeah. with the story. Yeah, this is a big deal. It seems like it a big uh, and they're ramping up this delivery service for their own packages. Um, it's different, much different from the Amazon Flex program. This is re- like just check this. I, when I came across this, I was like, "Real? If this is true, this is really interesting." Um, for a minimum investment of ten thousand dollars, individuals it's, in this program with Amazon can lease up to forty Amazon branded delivery vehicles to deliver packages, and they'll provide all these things. But basically, it's and then they say a 40 vehicle fleet could earn up to 300,000 per year under this new program. If that be true, you know, that's kind of compelling. Like if if that's really, you know, this is what they're this is a model that they're putting out there and you know what else they're saying is right. this is 
This is like, don't worry, USPS, don't worry, partners, don't worry, UPS, Fed, everybody. Like, this is, um, this is going to work out for everyone because there's more than enough space to be had. Interesting. <laughs> what do you think? What do you um, think about their argument? Uh, what do you think about their program? The program sounds genius. The, uh, you know, they're there on, on <laughs> UPS and USPS is, right. I think, a little disingenuous. We're not trying to take you over. It's like, right. Like, like when Genghis Khan says, like, oh... Those archers on the hill, that's not, that's not for your village. <laughs> that's protection. Yeah. yeah. That's because there's enough for everyone. Anyway, all right. Well, the, I find this a pretty interesting story. Yeah, no. You know, details um, to be to be. It's, 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 it's you know, We talk about challenge, last mile challenges all the time. We talk about you know the problematic and sort of almost codependent relationship between Amazon and the U.S. Postal Service. And so this is one, it's an obvious like play for Amazon to do, to try to get other kinds of last mile capacity. It seems smart, build doesn't it? Out, it? Hedge it's... their bets and see if they can, you know, you know, what, what, what if the, what if the Trump administration spins off the postal service and, and privatizes it? Yeah. And then what happens? You know, yeah. And, you you know, know, so there, I, there's I think... a little bit of like political risk to a lot of re- just relying on the post office oh of that yeah yeah, yeah yeah i thought i thought just this program you know for as smart as it sounds it sounds like a risk they don't know how it's gonna go you know like it sounds like it could be good but can they really deliver on this all these people doing all these things and like it being run efficiently and they're well, making three hundred thousand dollars it's interesting and, that they're investing in it and they're experimenting with it years probably before it's actually needed right and so hmm, they want to be getting ahead, way ahead of it yeah i think that's kind of what, what, what's going on here a lot is going to be changing it's part of the theme of our podcast today it is uh yep. it's 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 kind of been an exciting week it's exciting times in general um what what uh you, you mentioned in, in when you read the headlines you mentioned this piece that um our new staff writer uh, Ashley Coker has written for us. Shout out to Ashley. We uh, what's up, Ashley? And <laughs> uh, and anyway, it's Volvo trucks and FedEx demo platooning in North Carolina. Yeah. So what's what's up with uh, this kind of you know this ongoing automation thing in the industry? Yeah. So um, this w- earlier this week, Ashley was out in Raleigh. Raleigh um, got a lot of friends there. Love Raleigh on a North Carolina state highway. Where um, Volvo and FedEx have been partnering together for a number of weeks with um, the North Carolina Turnpike Authority. Exactly, which, another a, another um, you know, sort of like a state business that they're no, having no, to work with. No, it's like a, a partnership. I think yeah, I think it's like a state agency that's somehow in charge of like turnpikes as opposed to you know the regular Department of Transportation. I, I don't really know. Right, right, but. Um, in any case, they've been doing these platooning tests on this highway. They had about 18 miles that the state of North Carolina said that they could sort of run their tests in. <laughs> Seems limited, but but thank you for the but, 18 and, miles. And they had some, yeah. you know, some exits and some different sorts of roadways enough. to maneuver through. And cool enough, Ashley actually got to ride in. Oh, really? These, yeah, a truck while it was in platooning mode. Well, fun. Actually, we they need got to, to hear demo- about that. They we got to, to demonstrate all these different things. Um, I think two points 
that Volvo and FedEx were especially proud of yeah. was that they were able to smoothly and sort of flawlessly demonstrate um, three truck platoons. So not not just one truck following another, but three truck Thank platoons. Thank goodness. Now we're doing three. But it's it's progress. It's progress, but I mean... Th- no, but it's th- cool. This isn't just like a test track. Like I, s- I said that the yeah. state gave them 18 miles yeah. of this road, but it was live traffic. Like during, it wasn't like blocked off, right? Right. So it good was like, point, good point. like they I mean, were coming to clarify. They were doing this test like with the, like people yeah, like driving down the road, right? And it's just, it's not like this is probably what we would have defined as like level two. Like this is like cruise control. This is level two autonomous, as we were defining it in a few a few podcasts ago. Um, they're using cooperative, adaptive cruise control. Yeah, well, and you that know, might be like a level two point five. The way that the trucks themselves are communicating with each other. Co- oh, you want to give them more credit? Yeah, than so to this level two. I point, do because, like, I think when the first truck breaks, the second truck automatically they, they all break at the same time. In other words, it's yeah. not it's not one reacting. No, to and the that other is one the other. Down. Yeah, there's two parts to it, right? The mm-hmm. other part is is um, is the Volvo's V2V uh, technology, uh, what they're calling dedicated short range communication. So yeah. between those two things, it all works. Yeah, but you're yeah. calling that level two point five. You're creating your whole new. Well, category. maybe it's not an advance in autonomy. It is. It's an advance in connectivity, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Huh. Um, which Maybe. is just as important. It's kind of you know, kind of establishing that like spinal cord of information flow through the platoon. I like that spinal cord. Wow. Yeah, and the That's, other thing that they were really proud yeah. of was the fact that like, um, so if there's a truck platooning behind another truck, you know, the the the, the following truck is locked on to the leading truck, maintaining a certain distance. Braking, accelerating it right that truck. even as, if as, even if another ca- passenger car like cuts in between them um it doesn't doesn't break the system and that it is a good, good point to adjust the following know. distance to be safe but yeah it keep, exactly. but it maintains a connection and then and that's they that try V2V to get V2V technology and they try to get around that car and then get back up to their optimum following distance that's cool to see isn't yeah. it? You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't kind of dig that. I think that's Yeah, pretty... and you know, we've talked a little bit about how like there's plenty of platooning trials going on. Um, we did. We did. This one, you know, I almost kind of expected them to advertise a little bit of like lane assist or even like automated like lane shifting, which they kind of... Sh- didn't really do they kind of like shied away from that saying that like the driver had to steer the truck at all times things like that um, no this it, it seemed cool it seemed like this was volvo right like um on the cusp of changes for the past 35 years right um right. you know fedex working together and then the fact that they did partner with you know uh um, a state that was open to it. Yeah, I think that's of, one of the, the big deals here is that um, an, j- another state has opened itself up to like sort of commercial vehicle autonomous yeah. testing. And it seems like progress. We, we, knew, we already knew that time. like states like Colorado and Arizona were friendlies, but now North Carolina is also 
seems to be trying to create a favorable climate for that kind of experimentation. Yeah, exactly. And along those very same lines, we even covered uh, NFI and Penske uh, uh, announcing their trial of the Freightliners of their electric vehicles. Yeah, the, the so E-Cascadia. Maybe some positive news. <laughs> the what? The E-Cascadia. Oh, the E-Cascadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like, I thought you were like the, the electric vehicle um, mania is what I thought you were saying. Same thing, same thing. <laughs> so, it's, no, it's the E, okay, Cascadia. The E-Cascadia and the EM2, just mm. the, I think the um, medium duty truck. But yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, Daimler is saying that they're basically sold out of these trucks uh, for the year. We already know that there's like a huge back order for new truck orders in general, but it's pretty right. cool that. Um, so NFI, I believe, is owned by XPO. I'm pretty sure that they were okay. part of XPO. They do a lot of drayage stuff. Um, okay. And stuff in in like um, the ports, like in in Southern California. Um, and so it's a lot of short haul. It's a lot of stop and start in traffic. A lot of waiting. Like yeah, I, I, a lot of wear and tear. Think, God, it's stop not, and go. It's stop and go. Last mile challenges. Well, it's it's basically like, yeah. This used to be where old trucks went to die. Like where if you'd really? wor- if you'd worn out an over the road truck going back and forth across the country, eventually it would end up as one of these like port drayage trucks, you know, that are just going on these little like twenty mile runs from the port to the DC or the warehouse. Okay, it's a lot of stop and start, and it's horribly inefficient. These are old trucks; they pollute a lot in the Los Angeles and um, you know Long Beach air basin. Wow, all those fumes pile Didn't up. Didn't know that. Horrible, horrible, horrible. That's great so, color commentary on like what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. so NFI is getting basically these um, e cascadias to use in their port operations as is my suspicion um and <laughs> well yeah and they can probably work that way right yeah they're yeah. probably better for that yeah, yeah. short haul four is trying to demonstrate short haul lots of the idling, long lots of st- start the and stop yeah, yeah 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 well you know we wish them well and hope that the partnership uh works out um wow that was a lot to cover i'm exhausted how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it does, it sounds like you're okay. Uh, maybe I'm just the only one that's exhausted. Um, no, we have. Uh, it's time to play big deal, little deal. What's the deal with you, Ooh, JP? Okay. What is the deal well, with you today? We, so, and we are. We have to say that we're continuing the eight topic enhanced big deal, little deal. Yeah, you know, it even stakes, crossed my mind today. The stakes JP, have been raised to raise it to ten. What? I, it crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm flirting with the idea. You're insane. I know. That's what you I. You crazy man. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I mean. No, I'm not doing it. That's it's. Um, We're only like batting five hundred so far on, is the, it, on the two. Here, let, um, well, okay. This is this is what we're gonna do. We are going to begin with me asking Uh-oh. you the headlines. Now, no, I think that we missed the first one of the eight for eight, and then we didn't we get it this past the past week, Barry. I'm getting the nod of his. Yes, we did. We did. Okay, he's looking a little impatient. Like, get on with the two minutes. Okay, we got it. All right, so JP, are you ready to play? I am ready. Ready or not, here we come. 
New home sales surge, boosting demand for future construction, freight, big deal or little deal? I'm going to say it's a little deal because existing home sales are actually 90% of all home sales. So it's not a great macroeconomic indicator, but good news for flatbeds. Michael Lewis confirmed Market Waves 18 keynote speaker, big deal or little deal? I'm going to say it's a big deal. Um, his lifelong obsession with inefficient markets and the flow of information makes him a perfect speaker for the next Freight Waves events. Good tra- goods trade deficit narrows again as export growth outstrips gains in imports. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. There's been mixed signals on this recently. Um, the deficit narrowed on economic contraction. Now it's now it's narrowing on economic growth. It's it's mixed signals. Jobs auto freight in crosshairs as Trump ramps up tariff talk. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Tariffs are a terrible idea. Um. Air freight showing warning signs. Big deal or little deal? Little deals, as he sa- as they say, since we know that the volume of high value, lo- high value, low density goods shows it faster, faster than other parts of goods spectrum. We continue to be long term bullish about global air freight, and it also only uh, is for a regional area. Chicago's overheated on outbound and inbound turndowns. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. I don't know how long this will last, but the fact that we're tracking the outlier movements in freight boat for both inbound and outbound, it's amazing. It's fun. Biofuel industry thrilled with EPA support. Refiners, not so much. Little deal. Lots of fighting before the house, but overall, the levels are going to remain the same for more or less through 2020. FMCSA provides updates on ELD effectiveness big deal or little deal big deal let's celebrate the flexibility of the fmcsa they're doing what they can in a fragmented industry look to forward their looking forward to their monthly infographic updates and that'll do it for the big stories this week as always we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website freightwaves.com We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're interested in freight economics and finance, come to our Market Waves Conference at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine, Texas, this November. Visit marketwaves18.com to learn more about this event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.